Tonight we're going to continue our series on what we started a few weeks ago on the powerful names of God. Just do a quick intro and then we'll go to the Lord in prayer like we usually do. But over the last few weeks that we were together, even prior to me starting this series, we were introduced to some names of God. And so, so far in all of the studies that we've looked at, we were introduced to Jehovah Azer, the Lord our helper, who helps us in our time of need. How many of you are grateful we got a God that can help us when we need it? Amen? We looked at Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer, the one who's able to heal us of all of our diseases. We looked at Jehovah Hatikvah, the Lord, our hope, who in the midst of our struggles and troubles and when our world seems upside down and inside out, uh, there is a hope that we all have. Amen? We were also introduced a couple weeks ago to Elohim, the creator God and the restorative God. He's the one who can make all things new. That's why you and I are here this evening, amen? Because somewhere along the way, he made all things new in our life. And so I think the last name that we looked at was Jehovah, which we called the personal name of God, excuse me, or the relational God, the self-revealing God, the the multifaceted God. And tonight we're going to look at Adonai, The God who rules and the God who owns the world. How many of you know that God is not just Elohim, creator God? He's Adonai, the owner of all creation as well. Amen? The Bible says to us, for the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all who live in it, they are his. How many of you know that you're his and I'm his? Amen? It's Psalm 24, verse 1, and that's who we're going to look at this evening, the one who owns it all, including you and me. The Bible says that every creeping thing and every crawling thing, every flying thing and every swimming thing, every singing thing and every talking thing, every walking thing and every breathing thing, every single part of creation belongs to Adonai. The God who rules and owns the world, and the scripture teaches us that he is the master uh, of us all, amen? And the reality is when we discover Adonai, and why I've selected this name, when we come into relationship with him by surrendering to him and by giving ourselves to him, uh, we can then begin to experience the fullness of who God is in our lives. And I I just want to preface this with this, that that the more you know Adonai and the more you're willing to surrender to him, the more of himself he reveals to you. I want you to look at, at Adonai as a gateway to who God is. You see, because the reality is until we understand that God owns us and that we belong to him, until we submit to him and yield to him, we can't have access to everything that he has for us. So I just want us to understand that that Adonai is the gateway to all that Jehovah has for you and me. The more we surrender to him and the more we yield ourselves to him, the more we receive from him in return. One of the top reasons that God's people aren't experiencing the fullness of God in their lives and the fullness of his favor or the fullness of his blessings or the fullness of his anointing or the fullness of his plan or divine design that he has for us is simply because we haven't fully yielded ourselves to him. 
because we haven't yielded every area of our life to him and because we haven't submitted to the lordship of Jesus Christ in our lives. You see, the reality is God wants every part of you and me. He wants your marriage. He wants your mind. He wants your kids. He wants your heart. He wants your money. He wants your time. He wants your talents. He wants everything that he has blessed us with, church, because they're all his anyway. Amen? And the reality is when we yield those to him and we surrender those to him, we begin to experience the fullness that he has for each and every one of us. And I don't know about you, but I want the fullness of God in my life. Amen? And so the lesson that I'm going to teach tonight and the word that he is going to bring to us tonight tells us how we can enjoy the fullness and how we can experience everything that God has for us. And it begins with an understanding of Adonai. Amen. And that's who we're going to look at. But before we do, let's go to the Lord in prayer one more time and then I'll begin the lesson. Amen. So Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your house this evening. We thank you for the love that we sang about, that unconditional love, Father God, that you lavished upon us, that we might be called the sons and daughters of God. So I thank you tonight, God, that we're not strangers. We're sons and daughters of the Most High God. You have a word for us tonight, God. You want to bless us. You want to give revelation to us. You want to reveal truth to us, God. And I pray that, as I always do, that you would anoint me by the power of your Holy Spirit. God, that you would fill my mind and you would fill my mouth and my body with your anointing, with your spirit, and with your strength. Give me direction, God, and let every word be led by your Holy Spirit. I also pray, God, for everyone that's here this evening, that all the cares and the concerns of the day, the worries or the thoughts that might occupy their mind, God, and keep them from receiving your word, I pray that they would all be still in the name of Jesus. God, that you would give your people ears to hear and hearts that are willing to receive. Reveal yourself to us tonight, I pray. We give you the praise and the glory and all of God's people said, amen. I'm going to read you something here, which I don't typically do. But I, in 1875, William Ernest Henley, a renowned poet who wrote the words to a famous poem called Invictus, which some of you might know, it's often been recited as part of valedictorian speeches to graduating classes a way to, as a way to motivate the students to press forward, to, to work hard, to find their way successfully through life, to take the bull by the horns and to steer it however they desire. And, and it reads like this. It was written, like I said, in 1875, so it's kind of got a little different style of, of writing. But he says this, he wrote this, Out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole, I thank whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. In the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under the bludgerings of chance, my head is bloody, but I've still not bowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms but the horror of the shade. And yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. For matters not, it matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the scroll. For I am the master of my fate, and I am the captain of my soul. And I read these words not because I agree with them, because I actually don't. I read these words because they were written over a hundred years ago, but still remain the worldview of most of society today. 
They're words that are filled with self-grandeur. They're words that are filled with uh, all sorts of, uh, of self. They may be grand words of self-sufficiency, of, of personal independence, of, of self-achievement, church. They, they may actually briefly recognize a higher power in the third line of the poem, thanking whatever gods might be for their unconquerable soul. But the reality is these words actually fly in the face of the name of the God that we're going to look at this evening. They fail to recognize the all-knowing, the all-powerful master and Lord, Adonai. The words that I read that were written by this man, they boast of self-sufficiency and they boast of self-supremacy, but they fail to boast in the Lord. And the reality is every single one of us as sons and daughters of God, and the reality is each and every one of us as part of his creation have one thing that we should boast in. Because the Word of God tells us in 1 Corinthians 1.31 that if anyone is to boast, they are to boast in Adonai. If anyone is to boast, they are to boast in the one that created the heavens and the earth with his outstretched hand. If anyone is to boast in anything, they're to boast in the one who hung the moon and hung the stars. They're to boast in the one that ignited the sun with a single word. They're to boast in the one that called the, that built up mountains and, and dug out rivers and the one that tells the oceans how far they can go. If anyone, if we are to boast in anyone, we're supposed to boast in the one who created and owns it all, church. Please understand, everything we have comes from and belongs to God. Everything you and I have comes from and belongs to Adonai, the creator and owner, master God. Believe it or not, your wisdom came from God and belongs to God. And you and I are supposed to use it to glorify God. The reality is, church, our wealth comes from Adonai, it belongs to Adonai, and we're to glorify him with our money, church. We're supposed to glorify him with our, our wealth, our skills, our talents. They come from him, and they belong to him, and we're supposed to use them to glorify him, church. We shouldn't use those things to glorify ourselves, to boast about ourselves and the self-accomplishments and our unconquerable soul, or be the master of our own soul. We're to boast in the one who created us and the one to whom we belong, Amen. The reality is, church, our kids came from God, and they belong to God. How many of you know our children are just on loan to us, church? God gave them to us. They're not ours, they're his. It's why we do this thing, uh, how we offer them up to the Lord, and we have baby dedication because we're giving them back to the one to whom they belong. And the reality is we're supposed to glorify God in how we raise those kids and how we instruct those kids and how we discipline those kids and how we love those kids and how we, how we teach those kids. We're to glorify him in that because they belong to him, church. Like it or not, our spouse came from him and belongs to him. And we're supposed to treat them accordingly, church. Our spouse and our children are gifts from God. And the reality is we need to glorify God in how we treat them. And we're supposed to treat them accordingly. The truth is, as famous or as inspiring as many believe the words of Invictus to be, they're actually an affront to the word of God that tells us that we are not our own. 
The Word of God tells us you don't belong to you. You belong to God. Amen? I don't belong to me. I've been bought with a price, the Word of God says, and I'm supposed to glorify Him in my life. The decisions that I make, the, the, the choices that I make, the places that I go, the relationships that I build, the words that I speak, the, the thoughts that I think, all of those things are to glorify God in my life because all of me belongs to Him, church. The truth is, as famous or as inspiring as some call them to be, we've been bought with a price, and we belong to Adonai. We are his church. We should live accordingly. The reality is the words of Invictus are a complete contradiction to the word of God that tells us that we're not to lean on our own understanding. But we're supposed to acknowledge him. Who's him? Adonai. We're supposed to acknowledge the one we belong to in all of our ways so that he can direct our paths. Listen, if you want to go somewhere spiritually, you got to yield yourself to Adonai. you got to let him direct your path. you got to let him direct your words. you got to let him direct your thoughts. you got to let him direct your marriage. If you and I want the blessings that he has for us and the fullness that he has for us, we can't lean on our own understanding like this poet did and lean on his own strength and lean on his own intelligence. We've got to acknowledge him in all of our ways so that he can direct our paths, church. How many of you know no one can direct your steps better than God can? No one can direct your steps better than Adonai can. But I don't know why it is. So many people in the house of God and the family of God, including me, there's moments in our life where we don't want God to direct our path. We want to do our own thing. We want to walk in our own ways and do what's right in our own eyes. We want, to led by, we want to be led by the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. That's so often what leads us around. It's so often what causes us to take the steps and make the decisions that we do. But the Word of God tells us that we belong to Adonai and we're supposed to glorify Him in all that we do, church. And all the steps that we take, we should acknowledge him every single day. Listen, when you and I wake up every single morning, we need to acknowledge him as Adonai. Before we step out that door, we need to acknowledge him as Adonai, the one that owns us completely. Not just the one that created us, but the one that owns us. And when we walk out that door, we need to ask for God's divine direction to order our footsteps according to his will and not our own will. According to his ways and not our own ways. Because if we want the path that we walk on to lead to blessings, church, if we want it to lead to the fullness of what God has for us, we have to walk in the footsteps that he has ordained for us, amen? Now listen, you know when we walk in our own ways, we end up in a mess, amen? Listen, the prodigal son ended up in a pig pen. Why? Because he walked in his own ways. Because he didn't acknowledge the will of his father in any step that he took once he walked out that door. Thank God he came to his senses and he was willing to submit himself once again to the direction of the father and the leadership of his father. Amen? But the reality is we're not supposed to lean on our own understanding. We we have to let him direct our paths so that he can tell us how to live, so he can tell us how to move, so he can tell us how to breathe. So that he might fulfill the divine design that he has for each and every one of us in our lives. Listen to me, church. The reality is God has a divine design for each and every one of us. Amen? It's different, yet it's the same. 
He has a, he has a divine design that, that leads to blessings and it leads to his favor and it leads to his anointing and it leads to his goodness. But the actual design for each and every one of our lives is different. And the only one that knows to how to fulfill that divine design in our lives is Adonai. He's the one that should order our footsteps. And when we pray to God, lead me to this, or we ask God for this, or we want God to reveal that, we have to be willing to yield to his direction in the process. Amen? I mean, the reason that so many of us don't have what we ask for is because we're not walking in the way God has told us to walk in order to get there. Listen, it's just like, a, it's just like your GPS. You know where you want to go and you put that destination in your GPS and it's going to give you the quickest route to get there. It's going to tell you all about the traffic jams and it's going to tell you all of the different ways that you can get there. But the best way is what shows up first. And when we don't follow that direction, what does it do? It talks to us. And it tells us recalculating. And it tells us, turn here, and it tells us, turn there. Guess where we're going to end up if we don't heed the voice of our GPS? I don't know. You could end up in a mess. You could end up in a lot of strange, unsafe places. But yet we do the same thing with God. We go to walk out. We ask God, God, this is where I want to go. This is, you know, we want God's plan to be developed in our life. And he tries to tell us how to get there. But when we get to that decision, oh, God, I don't like that direction. I think I'll go this way. Oh, I don't like that direction, God. I think I'll go that way. And before you know it, where are we at? We're in a mess. We're in a pig pen. We're estranged from God. But the problem is, church, the reality is, understand, we will never enjoy God's divine design for our lives or see his purpose fulfilled in our lives until we're willing to yield to the one who owns it all. Until we're willing to yield to the one who owns you and me, which is Adonai, church. The problem is far too many Christians don't want anyone telling them how to live, including God. And listen, I've been there. I've been at that place early in my Christian walk. And, and there's even times today, like, you know, like if I want to be mad about something... I don't want God telling me to calm down. I don't want God telling me to be kind and telling me to be good. There's times, listen to me, when my, my flesh begins to be tempted. And God speaks to me. What he needs to to get me away from that temptation. Man, listen, I'm not the only one that's up here. Sometimes we don't want to heed that instruction because we like what we're looking at. We like how it feels. We like it, church. And so we don't listen to the instruction that God is giving to us. But that's the problem with far too many of us. We don't want anyone telling us how to live. Don't tell me who I can date. Don't tell me who I can marry. Don't tell me what I can and can't do with my body. Don't tell me how to live my life. And we say these things even to God. Don't tell me what I can do behind closed doors because it's my door. It's my house, it's my body, it's my life. Don't, don't talk to me about my sex life, God, because that's personal, that's mine. And, and we try to separate out all these things that we give God access to. Well, I'll follow you here, but I won't follow you there, God. You can talk to me about that, but you can't talk to me about this. You, you see, the sad reality is far too often we want Jehovah God to bless us, but we don't want Adonai to own us. 
We want God to pour out his blessings in our life, but we just don't want Adonai to own us. We want Jehovah Jireh to give us everything he's got, but we don't want to give him ourselves. And then we wonder why we're lacking in life, and we wonder why we're struggling in life, and we wonder why we're lost in life, and we wonder why we're estranged from God, because we've not yielded to him as Adonai, the one who owns it all. The one who owns you and me, church. To give us a little background to the word Adonai. The name Adonai is found over 400 times in the Bible. It contains the concept of dominion and rulership and ownership every single time it's mentioned in Scripture. The cultural background to the word Adonai comes from the root word Adon. And it is associated with masters who own slaves... But it didn't just convey ownership of the servants, it conveyed a responsibility the owner had towards those servants as well. It conveyed a responsibility that the owner had for the care and the well-being of the servants as well. So every time you see the word Adonai, every time you, you see the word Adon, it not just refers to ownership, it refers to responsibility as well. How many of you know God's responsible for you? He's responsible for you. He has duties towards those who keep his commands. He has duties towards those who have, have come into a covenant relationship with him. And he can't deny himself. He, he can't break his word. It's why his love is unconditional. And nothing can separate us from the love of God. Because he has a responsibility towards his children. He has duties towards his children. And the reality is we have duties towards Adonai as well. The problem is God fulfills his responsibilities, and we don't always do that. But this is what he's trying to teach us, church. It's, it's not just that he, he, he is Lord. It, not just he, it, when you speak the word Adon or Adonai that refers to, to the masters, it doesn't just mean that he's Lord over the slaves. It means that he's to care for them as well. It conveys the fact that the master was to provide for them. He was to protect them. He was to guide them. He was to maximize that which he owned, church. He was to look out for their well-being. He was to care for them in every single circumstance. He was to tend to them like a shepherd over his sheep, church. That's the duty God has towards us. It's the responsibility that he has towards us. And it's not like he has to do it begrudgingly. He does it because he loves us just like we sang. He cares about us, church. That's the reality is every time you hear the word Adonai, when God is referred to in Scripture as Adonai, it gives us a better standing of who he is and how much he cares, church. Remember, 1 Peter 5, 7 says that we are to cast our cares on him. And when you read it and study it, we are to cast our cares on Adonai, not, be, not just because he owns us, not just because he's master over us, but because he cares for us. Cast your cares on him because he cares for you, the Bible says. Listen, there's nobody that can care for you better than Adonai. There's no, no one that can provide better for you than Adonai, who can guide you better than Adonai, that can protect you better than Adonai, that can give you what you need better than Adonai, who can lead you better than him. No one can do that, church. So the first thing I want us to understand tonight is Adonai cares about his creation. 
He didn't create the heavens and the earth. If you look at scripture and you look all through the Bible, he didn't create the heavens and the earth and everything upon it just to walk away, church, and not have a continual connection with his creation. Jesus, or God, Elohim, including Adonai, Elohim didn't just create all of creation and on the seventh day rest and walk away from it all and never have anything to do with creation again. That's the way all the false gods are. They don't have the connection, a continual connection. Adonai is the only God with a continual connection to his creation, church. But this is what Adonai did. He didn't just create everything and walk away and not have a continual uh, connection with his creation because he cares. Listen, you know the story. Even when Adam and Eve sinned against God. And they, hid in the gar- and they hid themselves in the garden, hid themselves in the bushes. God called out, where are you, where are you? Because his continual connection with them was broken. But he cried out, where are you? Why? Because he cares, church. Because he wants a continual connection with his creation. Every single day, God wants that continual cr- connection with you and me. But the reality is, unless we're yielded to him, we can't have that connection like we need. Unless we're yielded to him and surrendered to him and fully committed to him, church, we can't have that continual connection. All of us have things that come into our lives that break that connection between us and Adonai. It doesn't matter what it is. It can be some grandiose sin Or it can just be something that occupies our time. But the reality is, Elohim Adonai, the Lord Adonai, he wants a continual connection with his creation. Why? Because he cares about us, church. He cares about every situation and circumstance we might face in life. He cares when you're sick or you're sad or you're struggling or suffering. He cares when you're troubled. He cares when you're tempted. He cares when you're tattered. He cares when you're torn. He cares when you're hurt. He cares when you're heavy. He cares when you're harried and hurried by the world. Listen, we get into this season right now. uh, We're harried and hurried, amen? He cares about that. And it's why he tells us to come unto him. Cast your cares on me because I care for you as Adonai, as the one that owns you. I care about you. So come to me. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We've got to be willing to to cast our cares on him, church. We have to be willing to be yielded to him and submitted to him. What we have to understand is that he reveals himself to those he owns because he cares. Please understand, God will not reveal the depths of his being to any single one of us until we recognize him as Adonai. He won't reveal the depths of who he is and the multi-facets of who he is. He won't reveal the fullness of Jehovah, the, the personal nature of God, until we're willing to yield ourselves to him and surrender ourselves to him. Yes, he'll reveal himself as creator God in order to bring us close to him and in order to get us to surrender To come into a relationship with him, there's ways that he will reveal himself to us in order to get us to repent and want to come into relationship with him. But he will never reveal the depths of who he is 
until we surrender to him as Adonai. And the more we surrender, the more he reveals. How many of you know that in your own personal walk with God? The more I surrender, the more he reveals himself to me. The more I surrender of me, the more he fills me with him. Amen? But that's what Adonai is all about. Understanding that God's not going to reveal himself or the fullness of who he is until we recognize him as Adonai and yield to him the same as the owner of our soul. He's not going to disclose more of himself as Jehovah, like I just said, if we're not willing to submit to him as Adonai. He's not going to invest in what he doesn't have complete access to or influence over. And the best way that I can explain that is now, I, don't, I don't know a lot of investors that are going to invest a lot of money in something that they don't have access to after they make the investment. I don't know any wise investor that would ever do that. And I'm saying this, that, you know, so often we, we find areas of our lives to be a struggle simply because we haven't given God access to those things. And this is what he's trying to teach us, church, that he's not going to invest in what he doesn't have complete access to or influence over. Sometimes our marriages are a mess because he doesn't have access to our marriage and we're not allowing him to have influence over it. Sometimes our kids are a mess because we're not allowing him to have access to our kids or influence over our kids. And and he can have that influence if he wants to, but you know what I'm talking about is we don't create an opportunity for him to have access to our kids. We don't pray with our kids, have Bible study with our kids, instruct our kids, open up the windows of heaven uh, to, to our kids. And then we wonder why our kids are a mess. It's because we haven't given him access to them. It's because we haven't given him influence over them, church. And it's why I'm saying we need to recognize Adonai every single day before we walk out the door. Adonai, I'm giving you access to my marriage so you can invest in my marriage. I'm giving you access to my kids so you can invest yourself in my kids. I'm giving you access to my money so so you can invest in my finances. Listen, when when the offering plate comes around and we put money in that plate, it's giving God access to our finances. It's giving God the authority to to get involved in our finances, church. But when we become stingy and we hold on to our finances, we're saying, God, you can't have access to this. And if he doesn't have access to it, how's he going to bless it? How's he going to multiply it? How's he going to turn it into 30, 60, or 100-fold? If you want God to invest in any area of your life or my life, we have to give him and grant him access, amen? Complete access and influence over every area of our life. But that's one of the problems with God's people. We want all of what God has for us without giving all of us to him. But that's what God wants. And when we give all of what we have to him, woo! We get to experience all of what he has for us, amen? We want him, like I said, to be Jehovah Jireh, our provider. But we don't want him to be Lord Adonai. We want what he owns, but we don't want him to own us. And that's one of the biggest problems that we have in our Christian walk 
It's one of the biggest problems that we have in experiencing the fullness that God has for us because we're not giving him everything that we have. But what we have to understand is that even Jesus was a slave to his father. To call, to call God Adonai means I'm his servant and it means I'm his slave. And if Jesus could be a slave to his father, how much more should we be, church? The Bible tells us that Jesus was actually a slave to his father when it says he did whatever his father bid him to do. He went everywhere his father bid him to go. He said everything what his father told him to speak. And he wouldn't go anywhere unless his father told him to. He wouldn't do anything unless his father told him to. He wouldn't say anything unless his father told him to say it, church. He did nothing of his own accord, the Bible says. Everything he did, he did only according to the Father's will, only according to the Father's voice. And because he did, what's the Bible says? Because he made himself a slave to his Father's will, because he made himself a slave to his Father's divine design for his life and our life, church. What's the Bible, what's the Bible says? It says he was highly exalted to a place of honor. And he was given a name which was above every name, that when that name would be spoken, every knee should bow on heaven and earth and below the earth, and every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I shared all that, church, because, listen, if we want to be exalted in spiritual ways, if we want to be lifted up by the Lord, if we want to be seated in heavenly places and enjoy the the feast, of heaven that he has for every single one of us who obey him and walk according to his will, then we have to be willing to yield to him, church. We have to be willing to be a slave to Adonai. We have to be willing to be a servant to Adonai and recognize that he owns us and give him access and authority in every area of our life. That's how we become blessed. It's how we become enriched by God. Amen? Because he took on a form of a servant, he was elevated, church, in the same way the apostles called themselves bond servants. Every time Paul wrote an epistle, every time Paul uh, wrote a letter to the church, he called himself a bond servant. When he wrote to the church, he called himself a bond servant of Jesus Christ. And I'll pause real quick. If you don't know what a bond servant is, a bond servant is a servant who was purchased and then set free. He had every right to leave, every right to walk away, every right to go do his own thing wherever he wanted and however he wanted. But he respected and loved and trusted his master so greatly that he decided, I'm going to remain a slave and a servant to that master. And he would take his ear, he'd go to the doorpost of the door to the house, the entryway of the house, and would take an awl, and he'd put his earlobe up, and he, would, and he would punch a piece of his flesh into the doorpost of that house, saying, I belong to him. He's my master, and he's my master because he freed me, but he's a master because he takes care of me, and because he watches after me, and because he provides for me, and because he he protects me, because he can care for me even better than I can care for myself. But how many of us are so haughty and so prideful to think, I can do a better job with me than Adonai can? And it's how we get ourselves in a mess, church. 
But the apostles called themselves bondservants, and every time they used that word, they were letting the church and letting the world know that they belonged to Jesus Christ. Every time they used that word bondservant, they were letting the listener know that they were yielded to the authority and the rule of Jesus Christ in their lives. They were letting everyone know that it was not them that lived anymore, but Christ who lived in them instead. You see, when we call ourselves bondservants, we better be serving the king. When we call ourselves bondservants, we better be fully yielded to Adonai, the one who owns us. Otherwise, we're a false advertisement for the kingdom of God, church. How many of you know these apostles and these disciples were not false advertisements? Everywhere they went and everything they did, their life, gave evidence to the fact that they were under the lordship of Jesus Christ, that they belonged to him, that they were willing to decrease so that he could increase. Listen, boy, I'm telling you, that's something we all have to do. I have to do it every day. I have to tamper down my pride. I have to decrease so that he can increase in my life so that everyone can know that I belong to God. Listen. But they were also saying every time they called themselves a bondservant and referred to themselves as a bondservant, they were saying they completely trusted Adonai to care for them. They completely trusted Adonai to watch after them and to protect them and to give them everything that they needed, church. They were were telling the world that they completely trusted God or Adonai to guide every step that they would take in life. And they did, church. And it's what we're saying to the world when we yield ourselves to Christ as well and yield ourselves to God and Adonai as well. We're telling the world Christ is worth trusting. You see, there's a lot of individuals out there, church, that are wondering if God is worth trusting. They can't, they're they're looking for someone to trust because they know they can't trust the world. They know they can't trust their neighbor. They know they can't trust their coworker. They know all of those people have the propensity to stab them in the back. They're looking for someone that they can trust. And Adonai is the only one that they can completely trust. But the reality is they're looking for someone to demonstrate that he's worth trusting. They want to see someone that is surrendered to him and it paying off. They want to see someone that's yielded to him and has the benefits of that showing up in their life. They they want to see someone who has completely committed themselves to Jesus Christ and seeing the overflow and the abundance return into the life of that individual church. Looking for that. When we yield to Adonai, we're telling the world that no one can care for us like Adonai can. No one can take care of us like Adonai can. No one can protect us and provide for us or direct us like Adonai can. Unfortunately, far too many Christians today have failed to surrender to Adonai. Far too many have failed to trust in him with their lives or with their money or with their marriage or with any other area of their life, church. They fail to trust him with their every step and they begin to walk in their own ways instead. Far too many have said that God's not worth trusting simply through their act of disobedience. Listen. Every time I disobey God, 
I'm telling those around me God's not worth obeying. Every time I disobey God, I'm telling my kids, I'm telling my spouse, I'm telling my neighbors, my coworkers, my neighborhood that God is not worth trusting. I'm telling them that he's not worth surrendering to, that he's not worth giving my life to, that he's not worth giving my speech to or giving my mind to or giving my time to or giving my talents to. Every time I disobey God, I'm telling the world, Adonai's not worth it. But we need to learn, church, that when we surrender to him, when we yield to him, we're telling the world he's worth it. And when we yield to him and when we surrender to him, they will see that he's worth it because he will begin to reveal and expose and pour out into your life more than he ever would to your disobedience because he won't invest in that which he doesn't have access to. He won't pour into that which he doesn't have access to. But what he does have access to, guess what? He opens up the windows of heaven and he pours out a blessing that we, that we can't contain. Amen, church? Listen, far too many of us want God to do what his word says he can do. We want him to separate seas. We want him to still storms. We want him to slay giants. We want, him, we want it pressed down, shaken together. And we want him to cause it to overflow in our lives without having to surrender ourselves to him in the process. But God won't do that. God slays giants for those who walk in his ways like David. God separates seas. For those who walk in his ways like he did with Moses. You understand what I'm saying? He does great and mighty things for those who recognize him as Adonai and yield to him just the same. I don't know about you, but I want God to do great and mighty things in my life. And the only way he'll do that is if I recognize him as Adonai and yield to him just the same. Wow, listen, for so many it's okay for him to be Elohim. It's okay for him to be Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha. It's okay for him to be Jehovah Azer or Jehovah Hatikva. But for some reason we struggle with Adonai. We struggle with the Lord and Master over all things, including you and me, church. And our struggle is this thing called surrender. The struggle is our willingness to say, Adonai, not my will, but thy will be done. The struggle is denying ourselves and taking up our cross and following him, church. That's the struggle that all Christians have. Our struggle is decreasing so that he might increase. Our struggle is becoming nothing so that he can become everything in us and through us, church. Listen, how many of you know God wants to be everything in your life? Well, he can't do that unless we're willing to recognize him and surrender to him as Adonai. Until we do, until he becomes the master of our soul instead of us ourselves. We'll never experience the fullness of who he is, church. Listen, when Jesus asked, why do you call me Lord Adonai and not do what I say? How many of you know Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord? Meaning, Lord Adonai, why do you call me Lord, master of all things, and yet don't do what I say? But we do that so often. Oh, we call him Lord, Lord. We call him Lord, master. But yet when it comes to certain things, 
We won't do what he says. But he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? When he says that, church, he was teaching us that acknowledging God and surrendering to him as Adonai are two totally different things. As I begin to wind this down, I've got a few minutes, but he's telling us, when he said that, why do you call me Lord Adonai and not do what I say? He's teaching us that acknowledging him and surrendering to him are two totally different things because Adonai comes with sacrifice. Adonai comes with surrender. Adonai comes with a heart that follows what God says and recognize him as the one who calls the shots. But so many of us, boy, we want to call the shots. We want to call the shots when it comes to our marriage. We want to call the shots when it comes to our money. We want to call the shots when it comes to our activities. We want to call the shots when it comes to our decisions. Man, we just want to call the shots. But Adonai means what? He calls the shots. He's the one that influences our decisions in life and our, our thoughts in life. And we give him access to do that. Please understand confessing Christ. And here's one of the last things I want you to understand. Confessing Christ isn't enough to access the authority that comes through the lordship of Jesus Christ. That's why the Bible says that we're to confess with our mouth and surrender our hearts to him as Jesus Christ the Lord so that we can experience everything that he has for us, church. So that we can experience the authority that comes through that. But there's a difference. Listen, confessing Christ with our lips isn't enough to access the authority that comes through the lordship of Jesus Christ in our lives. What does the lordship of Christ mean? It means to surrender to him. It means he's master and ruler of that which he owns and he owns me. So every day, you know, look, if you want to operate in the authority of God... If you, want to, if you want to operate in the divine uh, favor of God and the divine anointing of God and the divine blessings of God and, and experience the divine goodness of God and the supernatural power of God in your life, church, you have to do more than just confess him with your lips. You have to allow the lordship of Christ to take authority over your life. And when we do, the power of God will be loosed in us, church. If you want the power of God to be loosed in your life, he has to be Adonai, not just in speech. He has to be Adonai in your lifestyle. In everything that you and I do, we have to do it under the lordship of Jesus Christ in our lives. Let me give you a quick example here. When God told Gideon to come up against the Midianites, he looked at his lack of pedigree. He looked at his shortcomings. He looked at his lack of credentials. And he said, Lord Adonai, my family is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the youngest in my family. How shall I ever deliver Israel? In this story, God appears and speaks to Gideon who's hiding out because of the Midianites and all of the devastation that they're bringing upon the Israelites. And God shows up and he calls Gideon a mighty warrior. And then he tells him that I want you to go. I've heard the cries of my people and I want you to go deliver them from the hands of the Midianites. And what does Gideon do? All of a sudden his eyes look to himself. And he looks to his lack of pedigree. And he looks to his lack of credentials. And he looks to everything that's lacking in his life. 
And he says, how on earth am I supposed to deliver Israel based on the fact that, that my family is the weakest in Manasseh and I'm the youngest of my family? In other words, you know what you're talking about, God? You know who you're talking to? Because typically you would pick the oldest of the family to represent the family. But how many of you know that it doesn't matter what your credentials are? It doesn't matter what your pedigree is. It doesn't matter what your shortcomings are. It doesn't matter what your disabilities are like Moses. He, he thought he couldn't, go to, he couldn't go back to Pharaoh because he couldn't talk straight. He stuttered. Both of them looked at things in the natural. Listen, in the natural, you and I will never do anything for the kingdom of God. But when we recognize him, and this is what I'm getting to, when we recognize him as Adonai, the one that owns us, the one that empowers us, the one that gives us everything we need to do everything that he's asked us to do. When we trust in him with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding and say, just like Gideon did, he said, Lord Adonai, please understand, even in the midst of him recognizing his, ina his inadequacies, he recognized the fact that Adonai owned him. And that's what he yielded to. Even in the midst of his inadequacies, even in the midst of him thinking, I can't do this on my own, he came to the realization, listen, I don't have to worry because I'm owned by Adonai. And Adonai's going to give me everything that I need. I'm going to trust his call on my life, and I'm going to yield myself to his word and do exactly what he says. And guess what happened because he did? Because Moses did what? A nation was delivered. Because Gideon did, guess what? The Midianites were defeated. And the strife that they were experiencing in their life for years all went away. The word Midianite means strife, constant strife. Listen, how do you get rid of that strife in your life? Recognize him as Adonai. Every day, and here's how I close, every day the devil's going to come against you and try to stir up strife in your life. And what the devil wants you to do is try to handle that all on your own. He wants you to lean on your own understanding. He wants you to look at your inadequacies. He wants you to look at your lack of credentials. He wants to look at you, you to look at your, your lack of pedigree. He wants you to look at the fact that you were born on the wrong side of the tracks. That you don't have enough to, uh, you know, initials in front of your name or behind your name. He wants you to look in the natural. He doesn't want you to look at Adonai. Because soon as you yield to Adonai, the one who owns you, oh, man, I hope you get this. The devil knows that as soon as you recognize Adonai, the one who owns you, he's not having to battle you, he's having to battle Adonai. That's why he don't want you to look at Adonai, because he doesn't want to have to deal with Adonai, the one who owns it all, the one who rules over every authority. Listen, the devil knows as soon as you yield to Adonai, he's defeated. The devil knows in every area of your life where he comes to try to stir up strife, as long as you yield that moment in time to Adonai, the devil becomes defeated. The moment of temptation... You yield to the one that owns you. 
and temptation flees. Resist the devil, the Bible says, and he will flee from you. Amen? In every area where the devil tries to stir up strife in you and me, what do we do? We yield to Adonai. God, in this moment, I don't have the answer. God, in this moment, I don't have the strength. God, in this moment, I, I recognize my inadequacies. I recognize and I confess I can't do any of this on my own, but you own me. And I'm going to rest in that. I'm going to trust in that. And I'm going to surrender to that. Amen? Listen, the reality is, the question is, how do we find true fulfillment and true freedom? How do we find freedom from our past, freedom from our fears, freedom from guilt and shame, freedom from anxiety, freedom from bondage? How do we find the fullness of heaven in our lives? We find it by waving the white flag of surrender to the lordship of Adonai in our lives. And that's what he wants from every single one of us every single day in every single circumstance and every single situation. You're, you're in a mess and guess what? There's, there's only one thing God's waiting for you to do is to pull out that wave of surrender. I surrender, God. I surrender, Adonai. I surrender this strife to you. I surrender this battle to you. I surrender this fight to you. I surrender this struggle to you. I surrender it. I surrender this temptation to you because it's overtaking me and it's overcoming me. I, I take out that white flag and say, Adonai, I give up. I surrender to you. And when we surrender, guess what happens? Heaven opens wide. And the power of Adonai and the power of the kingdom of God comes down and gives you and me everything we need. So how many of you need the windows of heaven to be open in your life? I do. If that's you, stand to your feet because here's, here's all we're going to do. We're just going to take a couple minutes in our prayer time as we close and just say, Adonai, I got some stuff to surrender. Listen, sometimes, listen, sometimes it, it might take all night for you to surrender some stuff. But sometimes it just takes a minute. There's, every one of us right here right now knows something we can surrender to God. Whatever it might be in your life, and that's all you're going to do tonight. When we pray, this is what I'm surrendering, God. I'm surrendering it to you as Adonai. I'm submitting myself to you. I'm trusting you. I have confidence in you to work it out because you own me. Amen? So let him own your issue. Amen? So, Father God, we thank you for your word this evening. Thank you for the power of your presence and the power of your spirit. We thank you for revelation. We thank you for truth. We thank you that you are Adonai, the ruler of the world and the one who owns it all. God, how, how privileged we should be to understand that we're owned by the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We're owned by the one that spoke and brought all of creation into being. We're owned by the one who breathed into a pile of dust and, and brought life to it, Father God. We're owned by the one who hung the stars and the moon and the skies, the one who ignited the sun, the one who causes the trees of the field to clap their hands, the one that keeps the oceans at bay. We're owned by the one that gave us breath and life that causes our feet to walk, our eyes to blink, our, our lungs to breathe, our, our mouths to talk, our, our, our ears to hear, God, our tongue to taste. We're owned by you. And God, I'm thankful that you're an owner that does, just doesn't want to lord it over us. You care for us, God. You want to protect us. You want to provide for us. 
You want to tend to the needs that we have, God, and I'm grateful for that, and I thank you for that, God. I thank you that you have good things in store for every single one of us, but, but as we've learned tonight, God, for us to experience the fullness of who you are, to experience the fullness of what you have for us, we have to yield ourselves to you. We have to be willing to decrease so that you might increase. We have to be willing to be crucified with Christ. We have to be willing to say, not my will, but thy will be done. We have to be willing to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow your will and follow your plan, God, and not our own. So God, in every way that we've walked in our own ways, forgive us. For the times, God, where we've leaned on our own understanding and refused to give you access to certain areas of our life, God, forgive us. Forgive us for the times that we were prideful and thought we could do it all on our own. And even now, we might be thinking, I can handle this, God. Forgive us. Because no one can care for us or tend to us or take care of us better than you can. So, God, every one of us might have this area that we have that we're mindful of this evening, that we need to surrender to you, God. We do it now. Surrender our fears, our problems, our struggles, our difficulties, our temptations, our vices, our addictions, God. Our difficulties, our bondages, God, our unforgiveness, all of it, God, we give it to you tonight. We surrender it to you so that we might experience the fullness of who you are so that we might have everything that you have for us, we give you everything we are. God, be, be ruler of our life. Take the rightful place upon the throne of our heart this evening and be Adonai. Be our ruler, be our master. And help us, Holy Spirit, to be the servant and to be the slave. Trusting that you're able to take care of us better than we can, God. We just give you the praise for your word tonight. We pray that it would become fruitful in our lives. And God, I just pray that you would help us to gain a better understanding of who you are and what you desire from us. And God, as we yield ourselves to you tonight, God, I pray that you would just reveal more of who you are to each and every one of us, God, so that we can have a deeper, richer, fuller relationship with you. Careful to give you all the praise and all the glory and all of God's people said, amen. Can we bless him for his word tonight, church? Amen. I know it was a, a tougher word than the other ones, but go and yield yourself to him, amen, and walk in submission and watch how he blesses you in Jesus' name. If you need a prayer, prayer team, be happy to pray with you. Otherwise, go and be blessed in Jesus' name.